The Apostle Paul is writing here, uh, when we get to this final chapter, uh, broken down by chapters of the letter to the church at Philippi, and I believe as we read this, you'll have a greater understanding if you'd allow me just to give a little brief introduction before I read the verses to you out of chapter four. This letter is one of four letters that's believed to have been written at or near the same time in Paul's life. And it all took place in his writing uh, while he was in bondage or in chains while he was a prisoner. He wrote to the church at Ephesus, the Ephesians. He wrote the gospel or the book rather of Colossians. And he also wrote to Philemon and he wrote Philippians while that he is bound during a time that he's in chains, some say under arrest in prison, but more than likely probably under house arrest. 24 hours a day, there is a guard that's watching over him. And even though that he is at no flight risk, he knows that God is leading him where he needs to go to present the gospel. But he faces great hardships during this time. And he gives us a manual, if you will, on how to succeed spiritually during hard times. And I think everyone wants to be a spiritual success and I think everyone faces hard times in your life. And if I could glean anything from his writings, all four of those letters that he wrote, but especially this letter, I think that he tells us how to go through hard times and not get hard in heart. Do you know hardships can make you hard? You can get to the place when you go through hard times that you'll convince yourself, I'm never going to experience that again. And one way to avoid that is by getting hard in heart. I watch people go through death quite frequently. And they think the way to deal with sickness and the way to deal with death is to just, just get your heart so hard that you don't care anymore. I deal with a lot of pastors that go through hard times. And I tell them the greatest thing you have to watch out for when people uh, are difficult and people hurt you is you'll have to watch that your heart doesn't get hard, that you stay tender. And that's apparent in Paul's writings that even though he went through hardships, he didn't get hard. He stayed compassionate, he stayed loving. He also taught us how to be hopeful in hurtful times. There's things in life that do hurt us, but we still have a hope. No matter what we're going through, the hope is there. That's the one thing that the enemy cannot take from us. And then too, he tells us how to stay spiritually free even when others try to bind us and others will try to bind you. They have a way of trying to make you feel as though that uh, it's wrong to enjoy the spiritual blessings of God when you're going through hard times. But you'll find out God's nearer to you when you face hard times than probably any other time in your Christian experience. So here he's giving us the secret of how to be spiritually successful. He says it's no secret. And it shouldn't be a secret. We start with verse 10 and right away he tells us, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Now remember, this is coming from a man that's bound. 
He's in chains. And he's saying, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Now he wasn't scolding them. He said that you didn't miss opportunities. He said when the opportunity came, you, took, you, you seized that opportunity. You took advantage of that opportunity. But he's also telling them that sometimes the opportunity didn't come to them. But they were always willing to do whatever they could to be a help and a blessing to him and to the ministry. Then verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So he sets the premise for us to know what to do when hard times come. Now, I'll have to say, we've all been through hard times, but if you read the entire life of the Apostle Paul, none of us have been through what Paul's been through. And not only that, we're not persecuted today by the fact that we come together. I don't have to stand here and be concerned that someone's going to barge to the door and take me out and and behead me for preaching the gospel. I believe that time's coming again, but right now, we're not in that time. We're, we're here at liberty and freedom. We, we endure hardships, sickness, and, and certain problems and other things, but nothing like Paul. The tragedy, one tragedy right after another, but yet he tells us one way to be successful in the middle of your hardships is to first of, first of all rejoice over your, over your situation. He's saying your rejoicing should always be greater in the Lord than the problem that you're going through. Verse 10, what did he say? I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Now if anyone had an excuse not to praise the Lord at that time, it probably was the apostle Paul. But instead, he said, whether I'm in chains or not in chains, I'm still going to praise the Lord. Whether things go my way or go a different way, I still rejoice that I know God's hand is on me and the Lord has taken care of me. Two verses later, he said, I've learned how to be abased and I've learned how to abound. Do you know those two terms when used the way that he used them? It relates to a river. And really what it's talking about, he says, I've learned how to rejoice in the Lord greatly when the water is low through dry times. And I've learned how to abound and how the overflowing waters still cause me to rejoice in the Lord. What I'm saying to you, don't just praise God when everything's good. Praise God when everything seems to be going the wrong way. 
When things aren't going the way you planned or you thought, that doesn't mean that God doesn't care about you or that the Lord's not going to provide for you or the Lord's not with you in the middle of all of it. He said, when I had nothing, I still praise God. And when I had more than enough, I still praise God. No matter what, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Then he said not only did he learn the fact to rejoice in the Lord greatly, teaching us we can't control our circumstances, but we can keep our circumstances from controlling our praise and rejoicing in the Lord. So he said, I not only rejoice over the situation in spite of the circumstance, but he said, I also rest in the middle of my situation. Look, if you will, in verse 11. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. That's a powerful statement. You know, it's hard for people to find contentment in the age that we're living in, but I think we need to be reminded of the fact that we never, ever want to let things we want make us forget the things we already have. We are the most blessed. We are the most abundant nation in all of the world. And I realize that it's a time of fear and anxiety for so many people, but don't forget what you already have. Don't constantly be looking out to say, I want this and I want that. God sees where you're at and God knows. And you know, here's the blessings of the Lord. Even there's times when that you don't, maybe don't need something. God just comes along and says, you know what? I'm gonna give it to you anyway. Not because you deserve it. And I, nobody believes in work ethic any greater than I believe in work ethic. And I believe God rewards us for working, but isn't it something how God gives us certain things that we never even work for? Over and over again. There's times that I look at the blessings of the Lord and, and I stand amazed. Uh, you, you know, some years ago, a fellow contacted me and he said, the Lord laid it on my heart to give you some suits. He said, do you need some suits? And I said, to be honest, I don't need any suits right now. I I can always use suits, but I'm not going to lie to him. I didn't need any suits right then. And he said, well, the Lord laid it on my heart. He said, I'm bringing, he brought me several suits. And he said, you try them on. And if, if they fit, then he said, they're yours. And I said, wait a minute. I thought you said the Lord said for you to try to give them to me. He said, He did. I said, no need to try them on. God already knows my size. Doesn't God do things like that for you every now and then? That he just gives you something, not because you work for it or because you deserved it. It's just because he's God. And by the way, there's been times that you wanted certain things and you never got it and you wanted to somehow, some way, you felt angry or upset. Why didn't that happen to me? Why couldn't I have gotten that? Why didn't I go through that? Because God is good. Two young women 
meet on a bridge in the darkness of the night. Both are sobbing uncontrollably. They come to the bridge with the same thing in mind, to take their life, to jump from the bridge. The one speaks to the other, seeing that she's crying as intensely as what she is. She says, why are you crying? What's wrong? Why are you here? And she said, I'm here to take my life. She named a man's name. She said, I fell in love with him. He broke my heart. He left me. She said, and I can't live without him. And I'm here to take my life. She said to the other, why are you here? She said, because I have him. (laughs) He came to me and I'm trying to get away from him. Is my point made? Sometimes some of the disappointments in life are really the greatest appointments of God. We don't see what God's doing right then, but when we look back on it later in life, we say, Lord, you were taking care of me even when my heart was broken and I didn't get what I wanted and it didn't go the way that I thought it ought to go. You were still right there providing for me, taking care of me. So Lord, how can I do anything less than rejoice in the fact that whether I'm in bonds or whether I'm free, whether I'm up or whether I'm down, you're still watching over me. You're taking care of me and I can rest in your love and in your provision. The reason some of you aren't serving the Lord today because it seems like it's not logical for you to rest and trust in God because of the situations you're going through. It seems unfair to you And I'm not about to stand here and tell you that life is always fair, it's not. Sometimes you're going through things that you don't deserve and you're getting things that you never asked for and you're paying for debts that you don't owe. Things happen in life. I wish it didn't, but I can say this, I would rather go through anything in life with the Lord as to try to go through it without the Lord. I'm sorry that you got a cancer diagnosis, but I'd rather face cancer with the Lord as face cancer without the Lord. I'm sorry that somebody forsook you, but I would rather face life alone without that individual and know that God is with me as to go through life getting what I want without the Lord. I'm saying the only thing that makes the difference is the Lord. I have learned whatsoever state I'm at, therewith to be content. So the first thing we do, we rejoice over our situation. The second thing we do, we rest in our situation. But then verse 13 tells us to always remember his strength for our situations. I can. That's positive. Nothing negative about it. He didn't say I might, I hope so, I wish it to be so. He said I can. I can. 
Today, do you realize how many lives would change if they would just take hold of faith and say, I can. I don't mean that in an arrogant way because he finishes out the statement with why we know that that we can. He first starts by saying that I'm positive that I can. I can because he knows the source of his power. So it's not only a positive statement, it's a powerful statement. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Take Christ out of the picture and you can't. But if Christ is in the picture, you can. When you face things in life that you feel like there's no way that you're going to make it through it, I can. I'm looking through this crowd today. I see people all over this sanctuary. Jack Keller's back in the back. I don't want to embarrass people, but he's back in the back. Jack went for months and months and months and months and months. He woke up one morning. He was working on an island for their kitchen, went to bed that night, got up the next morning and couldn't walk. He couldn't walk. He would try to do all he could. Hospital visits, doctors. They tried to find the source of the problem. Maybe this, maybe that. Might have been a medication that they'd given him. Might have been some other physical complications. Never could really get to the bottom of everything that caused it. Through all of that, he couldn't walk. Bedfast. His dear wife was called home to be with the Lord. See, Jack could have said today, you know what? I think I'll just lay in the bed until God calls me home. But week after week, through the door he came, there was times that he was here where people practically had to carry him in. And now I watch him come in and I can't help but think, Jack, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. There's others throughout this sanctuary today. Ed Davis is here with us today. His dear wife with her sickness, his sickness. And by the looks of everything, they would never be able to attend church again. But he's here this morning. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Tom Tomlin is with us today. Tom is here today and it wasn't the easiest thing for him to get here and he's not all the way to the end of his healing process, but here he is. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Has there ever been a time in your life where they wrote you off and said that's the end and it's over? Has there ever been a point in your life where that you thought I'll never be able to show my face in public again? Or there been a time where they say, we've done all we can do and the treatments aren't going to work and this won't work. We'll try this, but it probably won't work. But here you are today. How did you make it here? Can I tell you how you made it here? The same way that I made it here. It's all because of the power of God and the strength of God. We can do nothing by ourselves. But may I remind you, God can do anything, anything. One night in the meeting this week, we had a man come forward. They prayed and prayed with him. 
and he was one of the workers there in the facilities where we were at. And he said, I've got a problem. I'm living in sin and I, I can't be saved. And he left. He came back the last night of the meeting and people flooded the altars. Thank God for that. But I noticed there was a lady with him. She came down to the front while everybody was praying. I, I didn't know if she was saved or not. And when she came forward, she stood there as though she really didn't know what to do or what to say. And I hope I don't sound judgmental, but I could tell she was troubled. So Jamie was praying down in front of me. And after Jamie got up, I motioned for Jamie to come over, describe the lady to her. And I said, I want you to go back and make sure that, that she's satisfied spiritually. Jamie went back to talk to her and come to find out she, she claimed to be a Christian, claimed salvation, made a profession, but the gentleman with her was the gentleman that was on the altar the night before. And in a little while, I saw Jamie raise her hand. And the gentleman, the gentleman made a public profession that that night he'd gotten saved. After service, he came up with Jamie, I talked to him, he had several questions, I can't go in details, but I know what was hindering him, all of the things, and he kept saying, but what can I do about this, and what can I do about that, and I've got this problem, how am I gonna take care of that? And I gave him some names of preachers in the area, and individuals in the area, and I said, now, you write this name down, this is the most important name, if you know this name, this name will take care of everything, just write down this name, Jesus. I don't care what you face, Jesus is the answer to it. He can solve all the problems. He can make a way where there is no way. He can give you power where you have no power. Grace when you need it. Jesus is the answer to it all. So what is it that you face today. 